Hello fellow McClunkies and welcome to Free Blurgs and a Bounty, the only Mandalorian discussion show hosted by the Imperial Senate podcast. I'm your host Charlie Ashby and joining me today are my fellow Bounty Hunter Guild comrades. First up is our dear friend Nikki Kumar. How are you doing buddy? Oh man, I'm doing great, how are you? Yeah, I mean, very unwell. The police are about to get me as you can hear. Um, oh no. So it's going to be a short episode this week. <laughs> <laughs> the bounty's coming in. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the, uh, that. You know, faith in me, Claire, who's also here. Claire Stribling. Hey, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> how 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 are you doing? I'm doing much better. I'm how's healing. My ass how's is your... doing much better than it was a few days ago. So for everybody listening to, well. To everybody who's listening to the most recent episode of Imperial Senate Podcast, yes, I injured myself. And my butt's doing a lot better. And so is the rest of my spine. So, yeah, no one, no one, the spine is, is, you don't need the spine. It's the butt that's important. I mean, you're right. What else could, you know, got to protect them womanly assets. A. Oh. This got off to a rough start. <laughs> We can talk more about women as the podcast goes on and what we can and cannot do. I feel like with two male hosts, we have the voice to speak about women's rights. I mean, yeah, I'll just mute myself. You guys go ahead. <laughs> I have as a, a white, lot of thoughts. <laughs> as a straight white British man. <laughs> oh, God. Also, um, shout out if you uh, join our Patreon, all the money goes to Claire's butt. <laughs> it's, a, it's a charity we've set up. It's a worthy cause. <laughs> if you've been um, offended by Claire's butt this week, just donate some money to us and we'll shut up. Um, <laughs> but enough of that nonsense. Uh, we're joined by a very special guest this week. He is a writer and co-host of the Star Wars Underworld podcast. It's Dominic Jones. How you doing, Dom? Hey, I'm doing good. I am very confused by what just happened. I thought this was a Star Wars podcast and I'm very <laughs> unsure. <laughs> Of what I'm doing here, to uh... fooled you again. Same. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on from, now. The most professional show out there, and then he's with us. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Tom. How far you have fallen? Yeah. <laughs> this is just charity work for Dom. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I wanted to make sure that you know I, I was working for a good cause, and apparently the best cause out there is Claire's butt. So there you go. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Tis the season. Yes. Tis the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Kessel, with all due... toy run for my butt. <laughs> <laughs> with all due respect, though, I, I believe there is a butt page on Wikipedia, so we're very, you know... <laughs> of course. Add mine. Of course there <laughs> is. Of course there is. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> but anyway, speaking about Star Wars, which is a, a cool thing we like to talk about on this butt podcast. Sometimes. <laughs> Uh, so this week, uh, Chapter 4 of The Mandalorian was released, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and uh, it was a pretty pretty decent one. So let's just start off with the question we ask every week, which was, what were our main thoughts on the episode? Claire, why don't you go first? Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's another one of those, like... Okay, so the more I think about this show in general, the more I feel like it's like comfort food. Like, it's like grandma's homemade, like, baked mac and cheese. While you might have a more, like, um, 
You might go out to a fine dining restaurant and have a more complex dish with maybe something like The Last Jedi. But this is serving like really delicious comfort food week after week after week. And this was just, this is exactly that. We got Baby Yoda being as awesome as Baby Yoda can be. You've got, you know, some new aliens. You've got a live action Lothcat. What the, what? That was amazing. Um, just great action. Um, you know, finally introduced to Cara Dune, who I've been sitting here every episode screaming at my television. When are you going to show up? And she finally graced us with her badass presence. And yeah, this was just, I thought it was a delightful episode. And you got to love that narrative of, you know, teaching the village to defend themselves. Teach a man to fish, he'll feed himself forever. And I was all about that. It was a good. It was a good week. Not bad. That was a great um, analysis. I like the bit where you just started talking about food for a bit. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Should I eat before? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's fair enough. Your village has been raided by people, so we, we feel bad for you, Claire. I need more space krill. Mmm. What's that stuff they drink out of it? Screamer or something. Spe- spot- oh gosh. Spatchka. Spatchka. Thank you. Mmm. Like yeah. What's that taste like? Like fermented fish. Delicious. Mmm. Don, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> what about you? What did you think about this week's episode? Uh, I, I'm just trying to imagine what fermented fish would taste like as a drink. I haven't quite <laughs> completely lost the train. I know. I, I like. I really like this one. I, there hasn't been an episode of Mando yet that I haven't really enjoyed. Uh, you know, it's it's it, there are some episodes I've liked better than others, but they've all been really strong. And I think this episode is no exception. Uh, you know, it was nice to uh, see a few more characters on screen. You know, this show has really been. It's only been a, a couple of characters that really um, have factored into the story thus far. So it was nice to be introduced to a few new ones and, and characters that it seems like, I, you know, I would be kind of surprised if we don't see uh, Cara Dune and uh, Omera again. So it was nice to kind of start br- building out sort of the, the universe of recurring characters on The Mandalorian. And then just the the action was really cool. I love the design of the ATST uh, with its red eyes. I thought that was so cool, and, and just the way it managed to be both a kind of a standalone story, but also one that tied in uh, very strongly with the overall plot for the season. I thought was I thought it made for a really really solid episode. Yeah, I know a few people complained about like the sort of Seven Samurai. Magnificent Seven sort of style story that we've seen in the Clone Wars before, but if it works, it works, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, if it works, it works. So if you know, it's the old if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And now, you know, I, I don't I don't think Star Wars needs to do another story quite you know like this for a little while. I think we've done you know there've been two you know, the Clone Wars episode and 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 now this one, and there were a couple of scenes uh, that looked very similar. Uh, you know, the scenes, the training scenes looked uh, like they were almost an homage to that Clone Wars episode in a weird sort of way, um, <laughs> to the point where when I saw it in the trailer, my first thought was like, oh, it looks like Clone Wars. And I'm like, no, dummy, it's supposed to be Seven Samurai. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a good it's a good solid foundation. The one place where I, I would have liked a little bit more from this episode was I would have liked to have gotten to know all of the villagers or at least a few more of the villagers a bit more. I feel like that kind of got skimmed over. And this was an episode that felt like it, it was missing another, you know, eight to 10 minutes of sort of character development for just these other people. So that when that ATST comes in the end and the Raiders are there, we feel a sort of an extra, you know, uh, desire for them to escape. Uh, you know, because in the, in the way the way it works out, you know, we care about the Mando, we care about Baby Yoda, we care about Kara, we care about uh, Omera. There's sort of four characters, uh, but there's a whole other village there as well. And I think there's a little bit of a missed opportunity not to spend a bit more time with the with those people as well, and just kind of get a fuller picture of the whole uh, of of the whole of, of what they're protecting. Yeah, that's a very good point. That uh, I think. During the episode, there was a, there's a, they mentioned the fact that it's been a few weeks mm-hmm. and they've obviously spent time there. But as an audience member, we've only had 40 minutes in this community, so we don't really get a big sense of why we should be caring for them 
other than, you know, just normal moral <laughs> sensibilities. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like we could have gotten a bit more out of those um, sort of members, especially the uh, the dude from The Good Place. Yes. <laughs> pill boy. <laughs> good old pill boy. Yeah. And another thing that that developing a few more of those village characters could have done too um you can tell through pedro's fantastic mask acting again this week um you could tell how hard it was for him to make the decision to want to leave mm-hmm. but they just skipped automatically to like weeks ahead and we haven't really witnessed his connection to these people mm-hmm. um i feel like it's there clearly he has some attachment to this location and he wishes he could stay, but we don't see any of that. Yeah. I, I think we get a little bit of his attachment to O'Mara. I think yes. there's a little bit there and I, and clearly uh, he, he likes that, that baby Yoda um, is now has some friends with all the kids in the village. And so I, I think he sort of sees it as a, as an alternate path for him as like sort of that road not taken. And it's kind of this idyllic vision of what he could have had or what could have been for him, but he doesn't, doesn't feel he can take it. And I think it, yeah, having a little, like you said, Claire, having a little bit more uh, time with those villagers, I think would have sold that even more and really made that moment where he has to leave all the more heartbreaking. Not that it wasn't in the episode. It was sort of... It definitely was. Yeah, it was still a sad moment, but I think you could have ramped it up a little bit more. And, and you know, just, I think the episode wound up feeling a little bit quick to me. And to the point where, like, they took down the ATSD, I'm like, oh, that's that's it? That's all they're... That's all, that's all we're doing? Um, and then there was the other bounty hunter, which sort of, sort of was nice to keep it keep it going a little bit more, but it did kind of feel... Short, and even though this was the longest episode of the season so far, it's the only one that I felt was that felt a little bit short. The other ones have all felt like, oh yeah, that was the exact right amount of time that you needed for those stories. Yeah, that's a spot on sort of analysis. Like, it did feel rather quick, considering at that sort of forty-minute time frame. Mm-hmm. I think as well with the villagers. I feel like this could be just my projection, but one of the things I liked as well was the similarities between the village and where the Mandalorian grew up. Yeah. So I felt like maybe there was a sort of fun little link there. Maybe that's why he enjoyed that lifestyle as well. It's because he rem- remembered how he grew up originally. But of course that's just, you know, conjecture and yeah. based well, on what we've seen. And and the other thing that we learn about the Mando in this episode is that he tells Omera that he hasn't taken off his helmet since he was the same age as her daughter, right? Like he hasn't taken it off since he was a kid and you know, presumably that was in the flashbacks that we keep seeing in the, in the previous episodes. So I think there's an element of, of that as well, where he sees those kids running and playing. And it's that, you know, it's the old, I didn't get to do that. You know, he's thinking that he's, he's, he was kind of robbed of that by the clone wars. And that's another perfect reason that he wants to give Yoda, little baby Yoda, a real childhood. Yeah. You know, make up for, what he couldn't have. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Nikki? What did you think about the episode? Mando gonna get his fuck on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, helmet helmet on. We just talked about the helmet on. (laughs) He didn't say that he hasn't taken the rest of the armor off in front of somebody. (laughs) Just the helmet. That's the only thing we've mentioned. (laughs) <laughs> you know that is it is it bruce almighty where he like takes all his clothes off at once yep like, that's bruce that almighty <laughs> i imagine that with the mando but the helmet stays on <laughs> <laughs> oh, and omer is just like when's the last time you took those pants off it's like Yesterday, so um, (laughs) music starts playing in the background. (laughs) Um, No, yeah, I really liked the episode in in total. Um, I was worried a little bit that it would feel side questy, um, but I don't think it did. I think it kept it all sort of together. The sort of still linking in, especially with that bounty hunter linking in the the looming threat of they're they're still not safe and you know, the, the galaxy still after them. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're just, it was full of amazing moments. It's the opening with, 
um, Baby Yoda and Mando in the Razor Crest. Loved it. Everything was perfect about that. When the ramp comes down and he's there, <laughs> it's like it's it's the it's so simple, but that it's so effective too. Um, I love all that. I love the um, the broth. I love Mando and uh, Cara Dune meeting. Um, I didn't know what to call that scene when I first saw it, and with the help of Mark Perez at IML Diablito, it's so good. We call it a beat cute. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> He's so, so good. <laughs> credit to Mark for Love finding it. the perfect way to uh, describe that that meeting. Um, yeah, I loved that. Um, it was it was just good. Uh, Pillboy, of course. Yes. Shouts. <laughs> yes. Um, going did, off something did, did, when you Dom saw brought up with the ATSD mm-hmm. specifically, um, I loved how. Like in a lot of things, like just talking about Jedi Fallen Order really quick, I'll say you fight an ATSD pretty early, and it's kind of like fine. Um, and I feel like a lot of different stories, they make ATSDs seem sort of like eh, easy mode. And in this story, the ATSD felt like a monster. Yeah. Um, and it was like you know hiding and hiding in the trees and sort of coming up and looming over them. The big footprints almost felt like Jurassic Park. Like they got a T Rex. <laughs> Um, and they're like, oh shit, I ain't, I ain't fucking with this. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was just a really cool way to frame something we've like seen for, for 30 something years already. Um, and just sort of frame it in this new way that made it a little more frightening. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. You mentioned, Nikki, you mentioned the, uh, uh, all the, the, the sort of the, the baby Yoda scenes, like the the scene with him in the Razor Crest, and I, I've loved all the re edits of that, where he's turning on mu- different music and turning it off, and oh, all that stuff has been great. And of course, the baby Yoda sipping his broth has become a new meme. It's replacing Kermit yeah. with his tea, and and I think so good. It, it just occurred to me, but this this show has tapped into something in our culture that uh, none of the Star Wars movies have done of late, and. I'm not saying this is necessarily a good thing because I think it says something not that great about our culture, but it's <laughs> it's the first really memeable Star Wars thing that we've had recently. <laughs> and you look at the popularity of uh, of the prequels now, and you can't help but notice the rise in popularity of the prequels coincided with the rise of prequel memes on Reddit. And yes. I think that mm-hmm. between those two things, plus you look at any anything else that comes out that's popular, right? There's whether it's the Avengers Endgame with the, you know, I see this as a complete win. And, you know, all like everything <laughs> has every really popular thing has a meme that comes out of it and has become like the real the meme of the of that movie. And that, I think, helps carry it, carry its popularity for better or for worse. Uh, and. I, I can't really think of something in, in Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi, or Solo that has uh, caught on quite the same way that uh, that Baby Yoda has in terms of being being a meme and being something that people are feel they are constantly sharing and can work into uh, other stuff, be it you know tweets and unrelated tweets that aren't really about uh, mm. Star Wars or you know uh, Hamilton parodies and things like that. Like it's such right. a it's become such a thing. Like it's it. I you, you we've all mentioned Pilt Boy, but after the episode aired, I was looking at uh, a, a Good Place Facebook group that I was in, and they everybody was sharing that picture of, of Eugene Cordero, and people kept saying, "Oh look." Pillboy was in the Baby Yoda show. It's like it's not even the Mandalorian anymore. It's just the Baby Yoda show. So it's it's yeah. it's interesting to me that that has caught on the way it has, and uh, I I think it's a good thing for Star Wars in terms of popularity. But yeah, it, it now seems like anything that comes out that it wants to be that popular needs to have those kind of memeable moments, which. It's right. both, which is is both, which is both good and could easily become very annoying if you if it becomes clear that people are putting stuff in stuff just to, for the sake of having a meme later. No, yeah, that's that's a really good point and like totally true. Like, Baby Yoda took literally the fast track into culture. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's just he's like, this is mine, Claire Lane. <laughs> like I'm gone. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's that's a, like a really cool discussion to think about the way we consume storytelling now mm-hmm. and whether 
whether it's a good or bad thing. <laughs> um, I think I think that will be a really fun discussion, especially sort of when we see the totality of this season and you know the the break between Mando season one and two and what people might sort of discuss and dissect. So I gonna put a gonna put a bookmark mm. in the in the uh, is this a good thing <laughs> discussion because I think it, I think it actually is worth having, especially for yeah. for people interested in the uh, in in writing and and what it means to like essentially have your story go viral. Mm-hmm. If really though, the thing that will be interesting about about Mando is that if we are going to feel the effects of this, it's not, I don't think we're really going to feel it until season three because season two is all written and they're shooting it now. So they, mm-hmm. you know, we might, you know, season two, they might, you know, add some stuff and reshoots to emphasize baby Yoda if they really want to, uh, or, you know, they might just keep it as is, but then, you know, when they're writing season three to you know start preparing it, probably to start shooting before season two comes out the same way they have with season one. Uh, is you know they, that's where we might start to see is like okay we got to have the baby yoda scenes in every episode that are you know that mm-hmm. sort of thing or they might just say fuck it we'll keep doing it the way we've always been doing it and uh, right. that seems to have worked so far yeah fingers crossed he makes it through the season mm. yeah, yeah it makes you wonder like True. he could be he could not be in the next season. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the scramble if they're like, oh God, we need him now. <laughs> <laughs> this the show doesn't exist without him, no. Yep. We need the McClunky. We need the McClunky now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, yeah, the conversation between, because there's a lot of internal memes, which I feel like consists of the core audience. So there's a lot of Star Wars memes, for Star Wars fans, but Baby Yoda is like on this external meme wavelength of culture where it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was on YouTube earlier and there was a Kitchen Nightmares post and it was Baby Yoda with the frog in his mouth and it said, <laughs> good fucking food. Mm-hmm. Guy <laughs> Fieri like, tweeted out Yoda and tweeted out Baby Yoda with his hair photoshopped on. And he was like, looking looking for the best diners, di- dive-ins, and drives, I am. Like, it's just... Oh, God. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's, That's it's... also the sad thing. Like, we will see versions of Baby Yoda that we hate. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. because it's literally everywhere now. Yeah. Everyone's using it. I saw Baby Yoda decked out in Liverpool gear, and it made me physically ill. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just like... We, that's something we got to live with now. Baby Yoda is everywhere. He will be used. Hopefully not abused. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's a fascinating you know, discussion and, and just how our society works. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there any moment that specifically stood out to any of us as the moment we loved in the episode the most? Uh, Claire, you go first. Oh, Lord. Um, ooh. So I loved the first time that we got to see Miss Cara Dune and Mando fight. I've been dying to watch her fist fight somebody since they announced her as a cast member of this show. I've been waiting to watch her kick some butt and and it did not disappoint. I think what I think what Jake the word that Jake said was like Jesus her arms are bigger than mine. Um <laughs> she's just like we were just bowing down at the altar of Cara Dune. Um, that and and um, the lovely moment to start off the episode where the lovely, you know, memeable moment of him switching off, the <laughs> switching the switches, <laughs> um, which has been a delightful meme. Even Pedro Pascal has shared him turning on and off Africa by Toto. Um, it's It's really marvelous. Yeah, I, every week I go, I hope I don't get tired of Baby Yoda. And as soon as the episode <laughs> starts, I am immediately like on the floor crying. It can never happen. <laughs> <laughs> demanding that I will, I will protect the baby of my life, despite <laughs> it being a puppet. I would um, jump in front of a bullet for that puppet. Uh, me too. And that pop, the puppet, I mean, the puppet is so good, right? Like you saw that, you saw that behind the scenes thing that Favreau put out the other week, where he's just filming 
the monitor in between takes and the puppets like looking around and you can like see Favreau shooting it on his phone and the reflection. And it's like, I'm like, that's a, that's not a puppet. That's a real, that's a real thing. That's a real alien. They found a Yoda a and they've cast it. They've <laughs> cast it because it's amazing. It's insane. It's it just, I, I'm overwhelmed by it every time I see it. And the behind the scenes stuff makes me even more shocked as well. I'm just yeah. like, I don't, how did, how? Wow. Apparently Werner, did this? <laughs> apparently Werner Herzog forgot it was like a prop at one point and started like talking to it like it was a pet. <laughs> I love it. I, I do like the idea of Werner Herzog like, this baby has not eaten in four hours. <laughs> Why isn't I'm the, going where's to, this formula? <laughs> I'm going to call HR. <laughs> Give him a rest before the union gets on our back. <laughs> Are you okay? Stop <laughs> talking. He, need, he needs a break. Don't you agree? I like, oh, that's perfect for the trailer. I'll give you loads of best guy if you give him some pudding. <laughs> Favreau's like, God, your method. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> this is the way indeed. Yeah, I, I know we mention this every... I think I mentioned this like twice already, but I don't care. Every time I see Baby Yoda the puppet, it makes me appreciate... Or, Makes me both appreciate and get angry about the Phantom Menace puppet. <laughs> so I'm like, how can you, how can you like get this so right and that so wrong? Oh, how far we have come! Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, I, it, it makes it makes me angry about the Last Jedi puppet too because that I don't care for the way that one looks either. So, <laughs> oh wow, really? Yeah, I, I love I, I love that scene and I love his dialogue and I love the performance, but I don't like the way the puppet looks. Ooh, shout out! I mean. Take that, uh, costume department. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody go show them how to do it. For... <laughs> Get them a Baby Yoda over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a question. Baby Yoda is 50, right? And that, obviously, in terms of his species, is an infant. But does that make him a boomer or not? <laughs> Boy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, the important question. You know, I, I, I think a boomer is more of an attitude than a, you know... <laughs> Any particular particular age. Boomer's a state of mind. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I think baby Yoda is really he's more of a more of a, a Gen Z kinda kinda kid. He he knows what he knows what TikTok is and uh thinks Facebook is old timey. <laughs> he's got a TikTok account, that's great. Yeah. I don't know what every he, video I don't know what every he video ends with the Mando saying, Turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> What about uh, you, Don? What was your like standout moment in the episode? Um, it was it's, it's a, it, it, there's so many, right? Like the episode is so full of good moments. Um, you know, but I think my favorite was actually kind of a, a a funny moment, which is when they've discovered that it's an ATST and they go back, and it just cuts to the Mando talking to all the villagers and he says, bad news, you have to leave. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and, and Kara's Way just... Way to let him down easy, buddy. Yeah. Kara's like, wow. You know, she, I think she has great bedside manner. And he's like, you know, whatever. She tries it. She doesn't get much better, doesn't do much better at it either. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that was just so funny. And, you know, the Mando could have been so easily could have been such a humorless character and a humorless show. And, you know, there, and, and a lot of the humor thus far has come from that kind of, uh, you know, the Mando kind of being a, a the straight man to baby Yoda who has kind of these sort of funny things. And, and it's sort of watching this warrior dude, uh, have to deal with this little tiny toddler who just doesn't you know it's just like any other toddler doesn't give a fuck about anything and <laughs> and so to then see that sort of carried over into just ha like how he is and how terrible he can be at things like talking to people i thought was uh i thought was a, it was a really great moment and it did uh it was it's probably the best non-baby yoda joke moment or funny moment in the entire mm. series thus far there was another one as well I really enjoyed, which is when they're doing the the shootout to test like people with blasters, mm. and Amira at the end is just like getting shot after shot, perfect, and he's like just looking at her like, nice. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, at first it's like a wow, and then it's a just a little nod of nice, and I nice. just I just love those little moments where it's like the personality just seeps out of the helmet. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. What about you, Nikki? Oh man, favorite moment. Um, I think it has the one that always will stand out to me again has to be. Now you're gonna stay here. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. I'll be back. Just right here, and then. Baby is like, yep. <laughs> Ramp comes down and he's just right there. It's it's just perfectly sequenced and like the just the way it all happens is fantastic. But um I think there's a there's a character moment though that I like the most, um, which is when Kara and Mando are on the the porch and he's like, I'm gonna leave him and he'll be happy and then Kara's like, it's going to break his heart. And I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> Mine too. Um, yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Little baby Yoda loves his Mando, man. Yeah. But I think just sort of the running gag of baby Yoda never staying where he's supposed to stay. So, like, with the ramp, with the broth, watching the fight. Like, I think that's that's just so um, wonderful and and just building that character through little little comedic moments. It's so good. And it's totally true. Like if you like my nephews are 13 now, but when they were little, if you were like stay over here, don't like don't mess with this. What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to go mess with it. Of course. <laughs> you know, it's just perfect. <laughs> I, I feel like um our friend Kermit really appreciated the scene with the uh, the frog being spit out this time. Yes, I'm sure that Kermit approves. No frog murder this episode. <laughs> Thank God. Also, okay, can let's just comment on that for a second. He looked so sad. He looked like like when the kids were like, "Ew, no!" He was like, oh, "What did I do wrong?" And it broke my heart. It really did. I was like, "No, you eat the frog. You eat it, buddy. Yeah. Come on, don't give don't it. let the haters get you down. Yeah. You just be you." It's just it's just a na- another classic example of peer pressure on the playground, and it's just <laughs> it's got to stop. You know, we got to make it sure does. kids feel that they can eat as many frogs as they want and not be judged for it. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, was re- I was really uncomfortable as well when they offered him a cigarette. <laughs> Death stick. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. There's, and then there was the scene crazy later where the Mando catches him and he takes the cigarette from him. He's like, what are you doing with this? And then you know, he spoke his first lines. He's like, but make it cool. I thought it would make me mad. <laughs> My dad, you're fucking nut. <laughs> Oh my god. That's not all my birthday you did. <laughs> now you're gonna smoke this whole packet. Yeah. How much you like it now. I don't know everyone walks past and it's just you and McGregor. You might want to rethink your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Obi-Wan sees this one and it's like when you see kids having that really public fight with their parents like at the mall and he's like, Oh no, I'm not I'm not brave enough for parenting and keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the idea because it's after Return of the Jedi. He's just him and Anakin, the ghosts, just judging out throughout the galaxy. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're like they're they're the mall walkers. They're just like a ghost equivalent of a mall walker. They're, that's how they get their exercise. <laughs> Speaking of ghosts, like it makes me wonder, what if Ghost Yoda is watching Baby Yoda? Oh, oh, and he's like, mm, looked like that I did once. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Anyway, mm, you should up. have wrapped it when I tapped it. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> moisturizer should have. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I think my my favorite scene throughout the episode is I know we mentioned this before, but that whole ATST moment, like Bryce Dallas Howard did a really great job, and like you said earlier, the whole Jurassic Park element. I guess that's not. I mean, it's she's worked in those films, so she has a good idea of how to get that sort of horror moment through but like you said nobody really appreciates the ATST. it's always been the bastard son of the at mm-hmm. and enough of this because now we've got a finally got a, a scary moment the cool red lights were awesome but also as well i feel like we should have a newfound appreciation of what the of how good the ewoks are yeah yeah buddy because that whole village was like gone like like they were under the wrath of that one ATST. there was a lot of endor mm-hmm. and they 
Yeah, the Ewoks got to work when they were putting up when when they were putting up those like barricades that were the logs. For a second, I thought that they were gonna like load those up into the trees and swing them down the way the Ewoks did, and I was like, "Yeah, huh, interesting." <laughs> if only, but there's there's a certain amount of ingenuity that only Ewoks can come up with. Yub nub. Very true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nub. <laughs> Yub fucking nub. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a t-shirt idea. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there's so many like sort of really cool moments throughout the episode. I know we mentioned we mentioned this briefly as well. The love cat. I mean, yes, that's one of those things where when you watch Rebels and you watch the Clone Wars and you got the Tukas, I was trying really hard to imagine what it would look like in live action and w- if it would work. And I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, I thought it was amazing. I want one in my lap. I'm not a cat person, but I will be one. Yeah, it, guy. yeah, it looked good. It looked good, Cause it, and there's mm-hmm. there's the one there's one at Galaxy's Edge, right? Like there's a mm-hmm. animatronic. Yeah. One. yeah, yeah, they, it looked looked as good as that one. Beautiful. I I, I do want one though now. As long as we're getting the merch out, I want a loft cat that moves. I want a baby Yoda. I just want everything. Yeah, this is what this is when Star Wars is peak Star Wars. Is where we're talking about. You know, like the deep intricacies of the Mandalorian's character, but then we're like, oh, forget that. Um, we want a baby Yoda toy. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the toys? <laughs> it is kind of crazy. We are adults. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of crazy that there's not baby Yoda stuff out yet. Like, it's it's wild. I, I get why. Like, I get that they were trying to protect spoilers, but, you know, I, the, the type of person that seeks out a spoiler is going to buy that stuff anyways, and the vast majority of people wouldn't have sought out those kinds of spoilers and would still have been surprised when when he popped up at the end so i i, I think they could have made the stuff and i think they could have you know had sort of a mini force friday on like december 1st or something and been like here you go and it's funny because i don't think disney anticipated just how quickly this thing was going to get spoiled for everybody because True. i feel like the second that baby yoda showed up in that episode he was all over the internet yeah immediately mm. you like blinked and he was everywhere so at that point you're like all right might as well just put out the merchandise now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it, it, like and you could tell like there for that first week there was a lot of like eggshell walking like there you know from the official accounts and stuff of like nobody really wanted to talk about it and like i, I just just as somebody who does Star Wars things, I'm annoyed that there aren't episode guides and that sort of thing because I want like high quality pictures from the episodes that I don't have to you know go through and screen cap myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I like I think that might be part of the reason why that like things like that were kind of left out of the plan because they're like oh we don't want to spoil it because you know Disney Plus is only in like eight countries right now which is its own level of absurdity um but it, it you know it, it kind of felt like at first they were like okay we can't really talk about it we don't want we just have to dance around it as best we can and by the second week it was like all be- all bets were off like they just sort of threw in the towel and said fuck it here you go here's all the baby yoda stuff here's here's some concept art on a t-shirt hopefully that'll tide <laughs> you over till next summer when we can get this stuff out there and you know what to be honest i think Disney Plus has really benefited from that level of spoilers um, because the I'm not joking. Several people I work with are like, I saw the photos of Baby Yoda and I got Disney Plus. Nice. Like, I know several people that like that was that was the final nail in the coffin. They're like, okay, yeah, I like the Disney movies. I like I want to watch them. Baby Yoda. (laughs) Like that sealed the deal, which is just fascinating to me. It's awesome. Yeah, especially I thought National Treasure Two would be the thing that would bring them in. <laughs> John Voight, oh, you put me on board. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> here's a question I had about the episode, which I don't know if anyone else had the same idea, but with Amira and the whole shooting thing, and she's the only one in the village who knows how to shoot. Were you? Intrigued by that? Do you want to know more about her backstory? Do you think they're going to lead into that? Yes, I I think there's I think there's more to the story there. I I was def- I was very intrigued by it. Um, you know I I I think there's some some clues in here. You know she's 
she's a widow. She's, uh, you know, so whoever her, mm-hmm. her daughter's father is, is out of the picture. She doesn't have another partner. Um, she's the only one that knows how to shoot. And she's also very defensive of their land. She's not, does not want to go anywhere. So it, she kind of strikes me as the character, as the person who left at one point and went out and saw the galaxy and had their adventures. And then either because of some tragedy or just because they decided they didn't want to do it anymore, decided to go back home and settle down. And now that sort of heritage and and connection to her past, to her home is very, very strong to her. And that's why she was very adamant when Mando and Kara were like, you guys got to get out of here. It's not safe. She's very adamant. Like we will not leave. And then, you know, again, she's the only one that knows how to shoot. So I I do think there's something more there. So I think there's more to this character than, than meets the eye. And and I definitely expect that we'll be seeing her again uh, within this season and perhaps get a few more clues into uh, as to what exactly, uh, her uh, her backstory is and and i think she'll factor into the mando's future in a big way i hope so because i think she's awesome and clearly there's an emotional attachment there also she's seen some things i don't know what those things are and i really hope we do get to find them out but she is of all the people in the village (laughs) she is the one what'd you say (laughs) 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 what did you say (laughs) Mando's penis? Oh, well, we can only hope, you know? He's <laughs> just got a mini helmet. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, well, um, I was going to say that she's the one who has, you know, reacted um, the best under pressure, I think, especially in that village. The set, like that opening sequence of the village getting raided, she's the one, snags her daughter, puts her under the basket in the water, you know, is, is, so quick on her feet and she has some sort of training and some sort of experience that yeah she i don't she has not been in that village her whole life and there's something that draws her immediately to the mandalorian and she understands him and accepts him right away not just because that he's helping her i don't think it's just because he's helping the village i think it's because she understands some part of that warrior lifestyle at some point I don't know mm-hmm. what it was, but I really do hope we get to find out because there's more under there. I really like when she yells at Pillboy to like get his ass out there. Yeah. The <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> don't chicken out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but my immediate thoughts were like I was thinking I watched the episode for the second time and I was just thinking, like, could she have been an Imperial? Oh. Mm. I don't know why. The, I just because obviously, like, she's got a great aim, and I know people go, "Oh, Imperials are better aiming." It's like, well, that's a joke. Like, then they're not <laughs> in in context. Like, we might see them being terrible, but it wouldn't be a great film with an empire they shot Leia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> be a really awkward ending. <laughs> they died in New Hope and talking Dur- George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, they got him in the best star. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't know why my immediate force was maybe that would be interesting and add a bit more, you know, like a bit more dilemma to the whole thing. Obviously in the new Republic, there's obviously good and bad people involved in the new Republic. There's good and bad people involved in the empire. Maybe she helps rise up against this, uh, remaining elements of the empire. Yeah. Maybe she, that's why she left in the first place. And that's why she went back to her, like her planet. Yeah. But Charlie, here's the thing. She can't be evil. She can't be an imperial. She's not British, so therefore, good guy. <laughs> oh, nope. fair enough. No, you got me there. <laughs> Maybe yeah, she's so. doing an accent. Mm. Oh, that could be <laughs> it. And mask her past. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be very British, otherwise, GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> That's just they're just the they're just the you know the top command. They're the British ones. Mm, sure. The very pompous ones. Yeah. There's a lot of you know <laughs> aggressive American stormtroopers in the Mandalorian. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Give me that buggy. <laughs> <laughs> um, one final question I have as well about this episode. And I just want to. We've always been dis- we're discussing for a few weeks now the whole point of the Mandalorian taking off the helmet, how that link in with Rebels and the Clone Wars. 
Now, obviously, we, he mentions the fact that the Mandalorians took care of me. And does that mean that he's not necessarily a Mandalorian himself? And do the foundlings have a different set of responsibilities to the main Mandalorians? Perhaps the foundlings, as newborn Mandalorians, have to wear the helmet at all times because of that. It's, it's an interesting... Uh... It's an interesting thing and how it ties in with the other stuff. I'm going to say that this is something that this particular sect of Mandalorians has really embraced, um, possibly in response to the Great Purge that we heard about an episode ago. Um, Mm -hmm. My sort of headcanon on it, at least until they give us something better, uh, is that this was how Mandalorians used to do things like ages ago, ages ago. And then they kind of evolved into being like, oh, we can take our helmets off. And, you know, especially under uh, Duchess Satine, right? Like everybody's walking around on Mandalore, you know, just no armor, no helmets. Everybody's just like, hey, we're in regular clothes and this is cool. Um, and, and so they could, uh, but then this sort of sect of Mandalorians sort of felt like either either have Decide, decided long ago never to take their helmets off or more recently in response to whatever the Empire did to them that it's best if they hide their identities and are just seen as that visor. Um, because, uh, you know, we have the character that, that Favreau voices, the the Paz Vizsla or whatever, whatever his name is. I, I like to call him uh, Post Vizsla. And <laughs> he's he's clearly connected to the other Vizsla. So but he's all about, you know, keeping his helmet on and everything. So I, I it, there's something there's something there. And, and the fact that Dave Filoni is, is involved in all three shows, you know, I think there's an answer there. And I think we'll find out mm-hmm. at some point. Do you think that previous love just got on a lot with a lo- lot of women and that he has like loads of kids? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> he's a foundling. He's got his surname, but he's like, whatever. Like, there's loads of business out there. Oh my God. And yeah. I think the thing that intrigues me the most is like you said, Dominic, like my big theory was that after the purge, they revolved back into the classic way of Mandalore and kept the armor on as a as a way of keeping the planet and the culture alive. Mm-hmm. But then this episode mentions the fact that he's been wearing the helmet since after the incident in the Clone Wars, which is like throwing a spanner in the loop for me. Cause I was like, okay, well then I'm even more confused, which maybe you're right. Maybe it is like a sect mm-hmm. uh, incident. Maybe that's the way, maybe it's like, um, when you go to college, it's like a, it's a prank. <laughs> and they were like, "Oh yeah, you gotta keep the helmet on <laughs> forever." Mandalorian hazing. <laughs> <laughs> they were lying the whole time. They're so com- they're so committed to it too. It's like there's there was never that moment where they're like, "Ah, gotcha." Instead, they're like, "No, because <laughs> they were killed by the Empire." <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> these kids are just like, "Okay, we've got to keep these on." They told us to. It'll be fine. And it's like, how do we eat? That's my number one. Um, everything, everything is a smoothie, and you drink it through a straw. Yeah. <laughs> my my number one favorite thing to annoy people on Twitter because you know when you get bored is just go into that. Um, everyone who kept saying, "How does the Mandalorian eat?" and I just kept replying with a fork, <laughs> and nobody, <laughs> nobody liked that. Oh my god! Yeah, my take with the um, the helmet thing is is kind of similar, like. Um, I think there there could be like different ideologies within Mandalore be or like Mandalorian culture and I feel like it's it's just all felt kind of nebulous on what it means to be a Mandalorian because there's all this like debate about whether Django and Bobo were actually Mandalorians or not and it's I so I feel like it's not as like defined enough to where you, of course you get these dumb clickbait articles where it's like how the Mandalorian is a massive plot hole because other Mandalorians <laughs> took their helmets off. Um, like, I don't think it's that clear cut. So there is still some middle ground, but like, like the point, uh, you know, Don made earlier, Dave Filoni's involved, there are no accidents. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's true. It doesn't mean, it doesn't make like intrigue me the fact that, Jango, Jango and Boba don't count as Mandalorians, but um, 
the Mandalorian does. Despite, yeah, this foundling mm-hmm. does. Yeah, yeah, despite not being from Mandalore. Well, I think I think it speaks to you know like what Django was doing, and I I think even though this guy's a bounty hunter. And we even see, like, uh, Paz Vizsla sort of gives him shit in the last episode. Like, ah, you're working with the Empire. He's kind of giving him shit for being a bounty hunter. But I, I suspect it, it goes to, sh- it, it, it informs us that Django was so much worse, that he was, he was a bad guy. He did bad things as a bounty hunter. Uh, you know, killing, pa- trying to kill Padme with uh, poison bugs is pretty bad uh and so maybe (laughs) maybe it's kind of he violated the mandalorian code and so when they see uh you know Django in that armor they say oh no that's not one of us that's not our that's not our guy because you know what we've learned on this show is how much these characters these mandos care about that that honor and that culture they fought for him they fought for the mando yeah (laughs) That was the way. <laughs> oh my god! And we also we we have to re- remember that Ormek wasn't exactly the you know the yeah. nicest guy in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah. not exactly the, an authority the... on uh, what it means to be a Mandalorian. Re- reliable narrator, I think, is mm. the, the story term, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that sweet hashtag Mando PR. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's all we've got sort of to say about the episode. So we come to our final question, which, you know, always excites us, which is what would our rating be out of 10 Beskar? Dom, you are our wonderful guest, so you can go first. Oh, um, I, I, um, now I'm trying to remember what I gave this on my show. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to be inconsistent. I think I gave it an eight. Maybe I give it a seven point five. Either way, uh, I'll give it an eight here because I've had a lot of fun talking about it, and yeah. that to me, that to me is ultimately more important than the show itself. Is if I enjoy talking about it, um, you know, there are some episodes, like there were some episodes of Rebels that just made me sad, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there hasn't been one of those with Mando yet, thankfully, uh, and so I really, I, I'll give it an, an eight out of ten. Eight, uh, eight best scars out of 10 um preferably without the imperial logo on them but uh, you know that's just how it is i just like, melt it down yeah melt it down turn it into a <laughs> i don't know what do you guys what, what would your signets be what would you uh, have your oh that's yeah. an interesting question yeah i think we all know my answer oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's true a bot no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> a butt on the butt mm. double butt <laughs> Wait, but Claire, yes. if 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 the assumption is, if I, I assume the assumption is a clocking monkey lizard. Yes, but not because but, I killed yeah, one. That was my not question. because I killed one, <laughs> because I am one with the monkey lizards. That's the thing. Do you have to defeat I don't think it, it has to, to claim be it that as your way. signet? If so, then I would. My signet would be whatever jackasses put salacious crumb on a spit. <laughs> you would be my signet. <laughs> <laughs> it would be some Russian merchants on the planet. <laughs> I just love the idea of John Favreau's face on the Mandalorian armor. That's brilliant. <laughs> yep, John Favreau's my signet. <laughs> my rating or my signet? <laughs> uh, your, your signet. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I feel like I'd, I'd want to be like the most unthreatening Mando, and again, not not out of a. <laughs> Not out of a side of defeating it, because, or maybe be defeating it, it would just prove how weak I am. I'd love a porg. Mm. <laughs> mm. That'd be great. Like a little, little cute little porg signet. Where would that go? Um, right, right above the the heart. Oh, <laughs> bless you. That's cute. What would I have? Um, um, that's a difficult question because. I'd like to kill a lot of things um, in the galaxy. Um, you can't Excuse have young limbs. Sorry, hold on. I just got to make a quick phone call to the uh, internet, to Interpol. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I found him. He's, he, I, I can tell you where he is. Sure, I can keep him on the line. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, I, I have to go, actually. Um, let me just call, call out my window for a second. Yeah, you were, you were, uh, you were wondering who uh, called the cops at the beginning of the episode on you. <laughs> It was dumb. 
Uh, maybe a bit. No, I would say centipedes, the space centipedes, but I don't. That, that look rubbish. I would say. Uh, God, I don't know. A loft cat. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but it would die of old age. Like <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I killed it, but really, I had like twenty years of a wonderful life with this loft cat. Yeah, <laughs> and then he forgot to feed it for two days. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> no, no, it got sick, and you just had to put it down. There you go. Yes. You yeah, go. exactly. You put yeah. it down. You old yellered it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I carbon freezed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It will never die in my memory. I do like the idea of like me trying to like I haven't because Claire said you haven't I hadn't fed it, and then like Werner Herzog just comes on and goes, "You haven't fed the love cat for two hours." <laughs> Maybe you that. He's hungry. Um, Nikki, what would you give the uh, episode out of ten out, Bascar? Um, I will also give it an eight. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Shouts to Bryce Dallas Howard on directing an awesome episode, and yeah, it was just nice to get um, Cara Dune finally into the action. I can't wait to see how they. Sort of, because obviously the episode ends with them sort of parting ways. Baby Yoda on the cart, like uh, our old friend Roz in Game of Thrones, except Baby Yoda, don't flash that pussy this time. <laughs> what? What? What a surprise that would have been. <laughs> I think. I think we would have had to show it to us one more time. I think I think that's the I think that's the third baby Yoda meme for the episode. I think that's <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so obviously the the episode ends with a, a little bit of a parting of the ways, so Obviously, Kara's Kara's role ain't done, so I I can't wait to see how how she comes in, and I can't wait to see how this all gets resolved because obviously, like like we talked about, I feel like this isn't <laughs> this isn't the last of seeing Omera and her kid and whatnot. And actually, very si- short side note on the kid, um, I was talking to one of my coworkers at the Lego store, and he said that the girl who plays. Um, that kid you would like come into the store all the time before. So maybe she's busy doing other things right now, but if she ever pops in, I'm going to be like, what's up kid? How would that baby Yoda though? I'm like, shout, yeah, like shout out to you for not, for keeping that quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Cause if I was a kid and I got to play with baby Yoda, <laughs> I would have been shouting it to the heavens. Um, but yeah, I would, I really liked the episode. Really like Cara Dune's introduction. I love her story as a, it's a shock trooper, just little snippets of what that life was like. Um, so, yeah, really excited about what comes next, and this episode was awesome. What about you, Claire? <laughs> uh, please try and yeah, please try and like get the pussy out of the way before if you're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm still like reeling from Nikki's <laughs> comparison. <laughs> um. Never, ne- never gonna be able to watch that scene the same way either. <laughs> She's the gonna Game be green and have ears. <laughs> oh god. Oh lord. Um, I would, <laughs> I would rate this an eight out of ten as well. Um, I really enjoyed it. I feel like we have, um, we have nice little carrots dangled in front of us that hopefully will be explored and that we'll get to, you know, take a bite out of that carrot later in the season Mm. and gets, you know, expand more on the characters that we have been teased. And um, I think that it was a really just satisfying story. Super awesome baby Yoda moments. Um, And I love seeing the sensitive side of our daddy Mando. Um, It's always, it's very, even, and I'm just, I say this, I think every week, Shout out to Pedro Pascal for your phenomenal performance under a helmet. I still, it still rips my heart out of my chest. I can hear and see your struggle and the Mandalorian's emotional journey through every episode. And it's, 
and I'm and I'm on the ride. I'm along for the ride. So yeah, I'd say eight out of ten. Yeah, I think I had the sort of the same view. I think the first time I watched the episode, it was definitely the weakest one in my mind the first time round. But actually, watching it again the second time bumped it up for me. And I think a lot comes from Bryce Dallas Howard's amazing directing, especially with the ATST. Like I'll, I'll say this: I don't, I don't care. It could be the worst episode of all time, but if you throw an ATST in there, I'm gonna bump <laughs> it up. I, I love, I love ATST so much. So just the perfect design, and the, the the sound design for this episode was really great. The ATST and the um, score. Shout out to the score for being unconventional for Star Wars, yet perfect at the same time. It was thought, a really yeah. great one. Best one yet, in my opinion. Especially mm-hmm. this week, it felt more Williams than ever. Mm-hmm. And shout out um, to like the acoustic version of the Mando theme. Yes, the acoustic like, guitar. Yeah, yeah, the rustic feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm just gonna go with you guys eight out of ten. Um, it it never feels like a chore watching the show. It always feels entertaining. I always feel like I'm learning something quite new about. You know the whole state of the galaxy. I like the idea of the rebellion, like being in this place where people can join up and gain a bit of action, fighting against the good fight. And then once you have to protect politicians, it gets boring. I don't blame Car for leaving. <laughs> um, Same what I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> so I really liked that introduction, and I thought it was a really great, um, great introduction to that character and another great episode. Um, any last thoughts for anyone? Um, only for the future. Still waiting on Moff Gideon. Yeah, yeah buddy. So, mm. Very excited to see when he might enter the story. And all those other little um, you know, snippets of bounty hunters we've seen with like uh, the Tonks Twi'lek and Bill Burr and whatnot. So just little, little splashes of things that are still yet to come, which is what's exciting about this show. Like you said, it's not a chore. It's always, it's always something to look forward to. Learning something new, um, yeah, good stuff. Anyone else? Anyone want to wrap up anything else? Or all good? I think yeah. I think you nailed it. I, like nothing is ever going to top that comparison between Baby Yoda and Roz. So I don't know. There's nothing. Nothing more to say here, guys. If uh, if anyone wants to send us that Photoshop mix-up, please do. And do me a favor. Do me a favor. Don't forward that one to me, please. I I don't need to... keep that in the DMs. <laughs> oh Lord. Um. Yeah. So until the next episode includes as Morrigan finally in live action, I think that's all we've got time for this week. Um. <laughs> sorry, Dom. Uh, if you would like to catch up with us. Don't forget to check our website, imperialsenatepodcast.com. If you have any questions about this episode of The Mandalorian, then email us at imperialsenatepodcast at gmail.com and we'll answer them on the next episode. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by picking up some sweet swag from tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Imperial Senate Podcast or by becoming a patron on our Patreon page. And if you hadn't had enough of us or thinking about your baby Yoda's pussy, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at ImpsNitPod or on Facebook by searching the Imperial Senate Podcast. Dom, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on the Star Wars Underworld podcast. It's, we do that every week where we talk about Star Wars news. Right now, we spend a lot of our time analyzing Rise of Skywalker TV spots. So yeah, yeah there's there's there there've been there've been a lot there've been a few, uh, and we also do a separate show for where we review episodes of The Mandalorian called Radio Razorcrest. Uh, you can find those again same place that you would find Star Wars Underworld podcast, and we also do one for Star Star Wars Resistance called the Kazuda Cast, which all three of the Imperial Senate hosts have now been on, which is awesome. So you yeah, can go buddy. back you can go back Woo-hoo. and find those episodes uh, as well. And uh, yeah, all those are on StarWarsUnderworld.com and you can uh, follow you can follow me on uh, social media at DominicJ25. All right, awesome. Thank you for coming on, Dom. It's been great to have you on. Well, thank you guys for having me. This was loads of fun. It was awesome. Yeah, apologies That's- for any nightmares we might give you. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I knew what I was getting into. I... <laughs> you have to psych yourself up before coming on this podcast. I, you know, I, I was ready. I was ready for a lot of things. 
I still wasn't ready for that comparison. I still... <laughs> you got to do some stretches, some deep breathing exercises, some kegels, you know. You just got to be ready Take for all of to the finale, I think. It was brilliant. It was just... <laughs> I was, like, that, like, it was just... Oh, brilliant. So good. <laughs> so funny. I always... I always find that bathing in holy water for about two hours does the job. <laughs> it does, yeah. It certainly does. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> or, a, or a Clatoonian spa that we saw in this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or there's always there's always the uh, there's always the Twi'lek bathhouse bathhouses Indeed. that Carl Weathers hangs out at. So you know. <laughs> Where everyone or speaks French. Spice. He suggested that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All your problems go away. Forget Just me get now, some spice. Forget it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't easy being a mental. Um, <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. The Force will be with you always. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. See ya. <laughs>